Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. From glorious history in Portland in the 70s to Hogan's Alley in Vancouver, we talk about anti-blackness and how it shaped the world we live in. Gloria once joined a cult, and she opens up about this experience today. And despite everything strangely different about the cult, spoilers, it was also racist and prohibited miscegenation or interracial relationships. I really appreciate my friendship with Gloria and the way we can laugh through some of these things that are just horrific. It certainly helps me get through it, and hopefully she feels the same. Somehow, despite the ickiness and gravity of the things she brings up today, her lightness and funny personality always seems to find a way to shine through it all. This session was pulled out of a longer recording, so it may end somewhat abruptly, but don't worry. The rest of it's continued in a couple of weeks here. So I I lived in uh, Portland, Oregon. Well, you know, I moved with with my uh, family, with my parents and siblings, and, and we moved from Mississippi to Portland, Oregon. And, and that's a, really a long story, you know, as far as why we chose Portland, you know, so I, I won't get into to that right now. But... Um, I found out recently, oh gosh, probably about five or so years ago, uh, there was an article, I think, in the uh, Huffington Post Mm -hmm. that uh, indicated that um, Portland, Oregon is the the whitest city in the United States, which doesn't surprise me at all. And especially when you consider the history, too, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that black folks were prohibited from living there for a while. For a while, yes, yes, yes. And this is historical, so it's it's quite a while ago, but it doesn't change the fact that that's, still, that's the starting point. Right, right. You know, and I, I mean, plus the uh, attitudes were still there. Of course. You know, when, when, when I was living there, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I remember, well, especially... Well, let me, let me just back up a, a little bit. Sure. Uh, when when I when I started attending the new high school, or th- that was new to me. Right. Um. Huh. Be, being black and autistic. You know, w- once again, I was open to bullying, or I was mm-hmm. a target for for bullies. You mm-hmm. know. 
yeah. But um, I mean, the the high school that that I attended was uh, you know pretty well racially integrated. You know, mm-hmm. so it it wasn't you know being black that was uh, so much of an issue at the high school as my being autistic, because once again I acted differently and uh, talked differently from everybody else around me, mm-hmm. and I had the the same thing going on that would happen in the uh, you know school in Mississippi, you know where I would would say something or do something. And my classmates would look at each other and mm-hmm. then burst into laughter. I think, oh, gosh, here we go again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after I graduated, you know, it was like I was always the only black person on the job, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But back, backing up a, a little bit. After I graduated from high school, then I attended Portland State University, mm-hmm. and I was very in- involved with the group uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, which okay. I should al- also mention that I was a fundamentalist Christian for many, many years. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then, oh, let, let's see. I don't, I don't remember what year this was. I think this was like in um, 1976 or, or something like that. Okay. Um, I was w- walking to w- one of my classes, and in b- between the two buildings, there there was this uh, group that had, had these tables set up, mm-hmm. you know. And and I you know, went went over and talked to them, and they were not not Campus Crusade for Christ, although uh, one one of the the staff member who started this new group used to be. A staff member for Campus Crusade, okay. but he was he was starting his his own group, you know, okay. yeah, and you know, and I thought it, thought it sounded interesting, you know, and, and so I you know went went to a few of their lunch meetings and uh, and and their uh, fr- Friday night volleyball, you know, which, <laughs> but by the way, I I hate volleyball, you know, now <laughs> may, maybe you know like you know more more than forty years later, you know may, maybe I'll give it a second know, chance, give it a try, yes, <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> but I've just got way too much baggage around it right now. I've got I've got but, so much tension about how this story ends because here, like where I am in the greater Vancouver area, like the connection between really intense Christians and white supremacy is like oh, not not all really God. intense Christians are white supremacists, but a lot of white supremacists mm-hmm. in this area are really intense Christians. So there's like uh, yes, so yes. I'm like actively feeling slight amounts of anxiety and tension. So I'm waiting to hear yes. you get to the end of your story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> what, 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 what ended up happening, you know, after I, uh, you know, start, started going to this uh, group's uh, various functions, um, I d- decided to join this group, uh, not realizing until, you know, may, maybe, you know, a few months later, that it was a cult. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, yes. Is I mean, they. Is it weird no, that no, I'm relieved? I'm relieved it's a cult. Oh, <laughs> like compared oh, to what it could have been, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad this was just a cult. <laughs> oh gosh. 
it's both weird and sad, I guess. <laughs> it is. It is very sad that we live in a world where the end of that story being so. I joined a cult accidentally is like less it, traumatic it, than the alternative. It, yeah, you go. Phew. <laughs> That's a relief. You know? Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Tell me more oh, about this no. cult that you joined. Okay. Well, um, one one of the things that that I know about cults um, is is that they're very attracted to people who are un, unsure of themselves. You know, pe- people who maybe have low self esteem and and who are uh, you, you know just don't really fit in or don't sure. really really feel like they belong anywhere. Sure. You know, and and, and so uh, you know, cults will will just be so attracted to people like that well well basically they're attracted to people who are autistic you know? oh interesting yeah because uh all all the things that that, that i said you know are uh, you know qualities of people who have autism you know right. and i mean i you know d- didn't fit in anywhere i d- didn't really feel like i belonged and uh you know and i was unsure of myself and and didn't have a very high self-esteem well if, if any self-esteem at all sure. and yeah and um you, you know i just got this feeling that uh you know wow i finally found a place where i belong you know right where people yes, accept me uh, Right, you know, just just to, to totally accept me for who I am, and, uh, and well, I, I want that to take was the... not the case. Oh, 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 no, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to take the time to point <laughs> out too that it's not necessarily that they're they're um, caveats or conditions of sort of having autism. They're almost caveats uh-huh. or conditions of having autism in this society where autistic people are not accepted. Yes, yes, that's that's a, a really good distinction. Yeah, I just make. wanted to sort of shade yes. that that boundary. Mm. And just like, yes. <laughs> sorry, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, and and so, um, you know, I felt like I had finally found a you know a place where I belong. You know, I finally felt uh, found my home. You know, um, well, that really didn't turn out to be true. Mm. <laughs> you know. Um, now, if everybody in the group, or all the um, not not staff members, although there there were there were two staff members, but the um, people who led the Bible studies, you know, for for example, you know, mm-hmm. like like I did. I mean, we we were considered. Oh gosh. Yeah, I have to have to really really think about that for a bit. I you know I can't I can't remember what what we were called, but I sure. I know that the, the people who who we we would take under our wing were called our disciples. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that uh, you know kind of rubbed me the wrong way now. You know, right? <laughs> but um, you were but, acolytes but anyway. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Got it. But um. You know, of, of course, I was the only black person in the group, mm. and um, most, if if not all, of the people in the group had never known a black person before, which is so hard for me to imagine. I think, how can you live in this world? You know, live in the United States, mm-hmm. and you know, in a uh, you 
you know, a city. I mean, it's not, it's, it, we, we, you know, it's not like we were in a, a rural area right. <laughs> or anything. We, right. we were is... in, in the, the city of Portland. Portland's well, a capital, yeah. isn't it? No. Um, and, oh, it's actually, not. I think, I, I, think, I think Salem is, is the capital of, <laughs> well, of Oregon. Yeah. That is me <laughs> showing my Canadian and my lack of education of something that's less than oh. a thousand kilometers away. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. It's just the only city I hear about in Oregon, and that might just be my circles. Oh, right. Because right, I hang right. out in kinky, non-monogamous circles, so of course everyone's like, Portland's amazing, and then I realize all the people saying that are the white folks around me. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, Port- Portland's got some, you know, good donuts? aspects, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, de- <laughs> definitely the voodoo donuts and, sure. and the fact that, you know, that there there are so so many uh, vegan options, you know, of which, which I think is wonderful. Yes. It's yes. like the 90s but, have a permanent home, piercings, tattoos. Oh, there you go. That, that's, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> oh, gosh. With, with all the accompanying, you know, white preference and supremacy that the 90s sort of embodies. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh 90s pop gosh. culture is, is Portland as a, that is, that is the city of 90s pop culture, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's a, a, a really, a really good point. Gosh. But, uh, but, but yeah, anyway, so, but this, this was, uh, you know, Portland in the 1970s mm-hmm. and, you know, and here you, you had, had the, these people who had never known a black person before and it was like, like all, right. all they knew was what, what they saw on television, you know, so mm-hmm. basically stereotypes, you know, um, I mean, I've, I've actually, you, you know, there's a, a lot of the things that when when I reflect back on them, I all, all I can do is just shake my head. You know, mm-hmm. I think no, this this cannot be real. You know, but I I remember there there were sometimes where, um, you know, if we'd go to like um, you know some some of my housemates, uh, you know, parents' home, you know, my my uh, mm-hmm. or um, in in the uh, cult, you know, basically, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we'd, um, go to, go to visit, visit their, their parents or, or, you know, go, go over for, for dinner. And I have had so many times where the mother, you know, who, who would, uh, do the cooking, you know, cause, mm-hmm. cause of, uh, you know, stereotypes and, you know, <laughs> rigid gender roles, you know, mm-hmm. but, but the mother would, would, uh, apologize to me because she didn't know how to cook soul food <laughs> oh I, I i wish i were kidding but i have had wow. that happen so many times where you know they they would say i you know i really really wish i knew how to how to make soul food you know and i'm really sorry and, you know, and, Jeez. And, <laughs> like that was all i ate right you know right like yeah. you were just you couldn't fathom white food and eat like a right, burger and really. fries or something he'd be like what is this yeah. alien food right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh. yeah that, that that happened so much um you know there there was also you know a, a totally different set of standards for me be, you know because i was mm-hmm. black yeah i have i've definitely uh, had white which, people which i hate it I've definitely had white people cook like Indian food, like curries and such. And then they're mm-hmm. always like super apologetic about it not being authentic before I try some. And I'm like, 
you're just a friend who made food. Like I'm not I'm not gonna judge your curry. Like I'm 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 not setting the bar at like Indian authenticity. Like I know I know you may claim to be colorblind, but I sure as hell am not. (laughs) I know who made this food and that's okay. And maybe it will be really authentic. But you know, you don't do a like apologize for your food. Like it's fine. No, no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, yeah, like like for for instance, um, if 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 a a, a white person would uh, you know say something, you know, like tell a. a you know, a joke for, for example, you know, and, uh, you know, I'll say later on, if I told that, that same joke, uh, you know, they would look at me like I had two heads, you Hmm. know, whereas if, if the white person told a particular joke, I mean, you know, they they would just think it was hilarious. Interesting. (laughs) And actually speaking of laughter, you know, I want, want to mention, uh, this phenomenon of, uh, you, you know, you've heard of, uh, you know, like driving while black or, yes, of uh, course. you know, or, or shopping while black or, you know, all, all these Going things. Going to Starbucks well, while black. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I've experienced laughing while black. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> so if you're laughing yeah. as a black person, like the way that you're perceived. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, basically, it was like no, no matter what I did, you know, mm-hmm. it was just so different from everybody mm-hmm. else, you know, because because of being black, you know. Yeah, yeah. and um, like for for instance, now being autistic, um, you know, I tend to to uh, be very self conscious anyway, you know, and I don't really. Mm-hmm laugh a lot you know although you know i've been laughing during this interview you know probably because i you know feel more comfortable you know Mm -hmm. but um there would be times in in this uh cult situation Mm -hmm. where you know somebody would would say something and if if it would strike me funny you know then i'd I'd laugh you know Mm -hmm. like everybody else does you know yeah and um and the, there would be times where you know I, I I would just be laughing and laughing, and everybody else would would be just kind of kind of looking at me, you know, mm-hmm. like and, and and then looking at each other and shaking their heads, you know, like they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Wow! And, and basically, all they were seeing was somebody who was laughing while black. You know, that was it. I mean, I you know I wasn't doing anything. You know, anything wrong. Yeah. And and it's not like you have like um, a laugh that is in any way um, non-normative. Like your laugh sounds like anyone else's laugh. It's not like this is an autism thing. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, and and there there have been times where where afterwards um, the uh, staff woman in the Mm -hmm. group would take me aside and you know and and lecture me really and say yeah yeah and say you know you know we we really have have to be careful and we have to be mindful of how we come across to to other people and wow how we come across what the and i i I mean of course you know everybody else you know they fuck (laughs) yeah 
I, I apologize if my privilege as a lighter skin POC is showing and that I'm like, like, wow, like just, wow. Yeah. Might even yeah. just be that I, I grew up, you know, 20 years later and while, you know, the scary violent racism is still there. It's like, uh-huh. I think, I think people are more closeted in how they present their racism. <laughs> Yeah, or well, I, I mean, some some of them are in, in, emboldened enough to yeah. be, be able to you know say what what they've always wanted to say, but you know that there there are probably still people who are closeted. But I, I yes, absolutely no. What I mean isn't that we don't still have that crazy ass violent white supremacy because <laughs> mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's that batshit stuff apparently did not go away, even though. I think mm-hmm. everyone was hoping it would die a silent death somewhere. It did not. Yes, it did not. Yeah. Funny how silence does not do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Fuck. Um, but oh, um, but the polite the polite folks that are trying to be oh, you know the ones that that don't see color and that pretend they're not racist. Oh, or right, right. Those folks have become a little more trained or like political in how they say they're like microaggressive like ooh that's a red flag or like whoa what what motivated uh, you to say that to me uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah really so really. it seems like folks went one of two ways they either got more polite and insidious about how they're racist and a lot of folks of color that i know um myself included sometimes consider it the the worst kind because at least with yes. violent white supremacists you know where you stand you can be emotionally uh-huh. braced for it but when it's a yes. friend that's gone to a meeting or it's you know someone you that's been in your community and they just say something it's like you feel your they, whole whoa. stomach drop right oh yeah oh, oh my gosh I, I i mean i i remember no i think this this was like last year or something uh where one of one of my uh you know former co-workers um mm-hmm. was also one of my facebook friends mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and i i remember i you know posted something and you know and i said uh black lives matter and sure and then, and then she re- replied with "All lives matter." Oh, <laughs> crap! <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny. I I there there are just like why? Like I guess the I guess you can just say like all lives don't matter until Black lives do. Also, like I uh, yes yes I, I don't understand how like it's not even like Black folks are saying we want equal pay we want to be treated as 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 equal people they're literally just saying hey it would be nice if our lives just mattered so that mm-hmm. you know murderers in in you know police uniforms that that murder people who are unarmed or who haven't done anything mm-hmm. um, you know maybe we should hold them accountable like like maybe we should just uh, yeah. consider black lives to just matter like it's a low bar yeah oh yeah Ab- absolutely and and yet somehow when <laughs> when when, when when yeah. I say Black Lives Matter, it, it's, it's like some, somehow people hear hear me say only. Well, that's what they're. That's <laughs> certainly what they say. You're, you're right. Yeah. That is that is what people hear, which is just yeah, so asinine. Just, uh, yeah, really, really. Like you're just so ignorant <laughs> of the state of policing and prisons and the experience of Black folks that they uh-huh. they can't understand that black lives don't currently matter and i think that's what we that's, i think that's what folks need to start saying almost is like they don't currently matter and they need to but it's right. like it's like when you say black lives matter like some folks just don't get that they don't currently 
Right, right. Yeah, and that it's uh, you know, it's seen as as controversial or or you know, like some fringe group, you right. know. Yeah, or or an extremist group, you know, that that, that you know, I've heard some people, you know, d- describe it that way and <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's even when you start talking how, how about extreme? When you start talking about defunding the police, people are like, "Oh, we'll have a lawless society." And it's like, "Well, no, we'll just the police we, we, will still we've exist." We've already got it. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We've, we've already got a society where you can shoot someone and depending on the color of their skin, you know, you'll get a completely different response as to how it's handled. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. It is a yeah. it is a sad state of affairs. And I just mm-hmm. and the funny thing is, um, on the one hand, you get a lot of Canadians saying like, oh, well, you know, the U.S. is so messed up. And on the other hand, it's like, we're not much better. Um, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. as soon as you start talking about indigenous rights in Canada, we're not at all better. Oh, gosh. Yeah, really, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember I was I was definitely one of those people who was, uh, you know, trying to, you know, find find a way to move to Canada, you know, right. when, uh, you know, Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like, like you said, it's like, you know, they're uh, not that much better right. than the U.S. I mean, there, yeah. are, there are certain yeah. things that do tend to be better. Like, um, there are more tools that are available for folks who tend to be um, at the lower end of socioeconomic status. For example, in the U.S., on your, you know, even the poorest of the poor pay income tax, whereas here, up to your first $12,000, basically roughly that amount, um, you don't pay any income tax. Mm. So that's true gotcha. for everyone, which means the richest of the rich don't pay income tax on their first ten dollars to $12,000, but neither do the poorest of the poor. Wow. So it's yeah. fair. It's fair for everyone across society in a sense, but it's also a shifting of the tax burden to the richer folks. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's just they're little things, right? So they're little things that are slightly sure. better, um, like health care. Yes. Folks oh, that are poor yes, have access yes, to most health care. Yes, they don't have yes. access to dental, though. Um, and there is oh. and there are little other things that we don't have for health care either. Like our ambulances aren't covered, which is crazy. But, oh. but it's like oh, fifty six dollars no. or something if you have to call the ambulance. So it's I see it's, it's made to be oh, not so bad. Yeah. But it's and yeah, and it's not like I mean, I don't I don't have experience with collectors um in in that regard. Um but uh, uh but yeah, I mean I'd be curious to see how it shakes out for the poorest of the poor in Canada. I certainly can't speak for them. Uh-huh. All I can say wow. is like just from like a numbers point of view, looking at things abstractly as the like left brain thinker I can be sometimes, I look at some of the numbers and say, I feel like we're more progressive in the systems we have for supporting the poorest of the poor, which unfortunately are correlated with people of color. Right, right. For intentional reasons, right? Like we got here on purpose. This isn't an accident. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. Really. Yeah. Really. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so so there are benefits if you decide you want to, to emigrate and become a yes, Canadian. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. But it's, it's the mean, same shit. I mean, shit. I, st- I still think about it every now and then, you know. It's, it's kind of the same shit, different pile, though, you know. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good way to look at it. And, and 
I'm not convinced that we're quite as extreme in our extremists. Like we do have mm. the batshit crazy KKK people, but like, <laughs> oh, yes. but they, they do dumb things. Like they do flyer drops every once in a while, every, every five what? or six years, there'll be like a flyer drop on people's like windshields in a parking lot. Oh geez. And it'll be like in the news and people will be like, what the fuck is going on? Like uh, this needs to stop. Right. Um, but you know, those people are just hard to get rid of on the plus side they don't all have guns here good so it's like again it's a little better (laughs) yes that's true that's true (laughs) still terrifying less terrifying yeah yeah oh my gosh (laughs) wow (laughs) sorry i kind of went into like a a whole sidebar there about no no i mean it was definitely interesting though i mean you know because it you know, told, told me some things that I didn't know about Canada, you know. Well, it's, it's crazy. So we had um, uh, a governor general, which is sort of like um, like a state governor, mm. except our provinces okay. have. Um, huh. a, um, we had. Um, oh, shoot. Is it actually a governor general? I don't think it is. Hmm. It was. Hmm. So TLDR, we had like a premier slash um, <laughs> leader of the province. Because this was this was a long time ago, and I'm not sure if um, if the titles have changed. I'll have to look it up. But he mm. was he was he was black. He was part black, anyways. He was mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was back before BC, which is the province that's just north of Washington, um, was mm-hmm. really all that populous. But after mm-hmm. the Civil War, there was an influx of black folks that came north, and BC had a thriving black population. Um, but then oh, right. due to policy decisions that happened later on, like bulldozing um, poor black neighborhoods in Vancouver to make way for, you know, um, viaducts and, and highway building and crap like that, um, hmm. there was a scattering of that population. So there are still there, oh. there are still black folks in Vancouver, but like there used to be a lot more. Hmm. So that racism wow. doesn't, well, unfortunately, know. yeah, it's not that yeah. much better, but. It's a little better. Yeah, a little better. <laughs> it's a yes. tiny bit better. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, when whenever whenever I visit Vancouver, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely notice uh, that that there are more black people, you know, than there are in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I mean, now now get this when when I when I moved to Seattle from Portland, mm-hmm. I mean. Seattle actually seemed diverse in good. I mean, you know, it probably it probably was, you know, in comparison to Portland, you know, was was very diverse. Right. Yeah. So I I remember we actually had a uh, black mayor at the time when when I moved here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So yeah. So that was that was uh, pretty amazing, you know, and. I also noticed that I was no longer the only black person on the job <laughs> when wow. I moved to Seattle. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it's it's still it's still very white. So, mm-hmm. at at the same time, no. <laughs> yes, I definitely feel that. In fact, in um, for example, in the organization that I volunteer on, Metro Vancouver Kink, um, you know, I'm in uh-huh. a city that's 50% white by demographics, and uh-huh. I'm the only POC on the board of directors, and I'm like, oh. I'm not white passing, but I code switch really well, so I'll speak in that uh-huh. sort of like 
in that white manner of speaking or in that sort of I, I have the ability to switch into more of like a middle class like I can I went to university like I have all this privilege and I can leverage that to sort of mm-hmm. be in these spaces sure. that are otherwise uh-huh. white only um, and then you know people are like oh you know we're diverse we have a we have a POC on the board and I'm like are you are you kidding yeah like, a, you have one yeah you have yeah. one mixed race POC and our board size has gotten as large as like you know like nine people I'm like, I'm like, come on. (laughs) But it's the funny thing is it's not, it's not like it doesn't represent the composition of the community that tends to show up because it Uh does. However, does it represent the community of actual kinksters? No, there are tons of POC kinksters. They just don't come to our parties. (laughs) Oh boy. It's it's funny once you start like meeting other POC kinksters, you're like, oh, there's like a whole swath of folks that I didn't even know existed because I just don't meet them. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's, then, that's you, really something. You get all the hilarious racist explanations of white folks being like, oh, I just thought that, you know, people of color were from like more conservative cultures. I'm like, then Protestantism? Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> like, more conservative than Protestantism? Come on, guys. Like, come I don't on. think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And if oh anything, gosh. being from a very conservative culture might make you closeted as a kinkster, but you mm-hmm. definitely, <laughs> as I'm sure you can relate, but oh yeah, oh, it yeah. only makes you kinkier, I swear. I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> right. So no, that excuse just does not wash. Right. Know? Agreed. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's... That's something. <laughs> yeah. Well, that seems... yeah. It... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, no. Feel free to uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, when you were uh, mentioning earlier about uh, how how they uh, said said that they were diverse because they you know had had one POC right. on on the board, you know, right. and that um kind of kind of made made me think about the uh, cult again because uh you you know occasionally some somebody would would ask them um you know why uh, where are all the the other black of people course. you know why 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 is there only one black person in the in the group you know right. and uh i i remember um let's see i and the uh staff woman in the group you know we went went and visited this um predominantly black church that mm-hmm. that i uh, used to be a member of and you know we we were trying to re- recruit more black people you know to join the group you mm-hmm. know although even even though i knew that they really didn't want more black people because they, they right. were obviously not comfortable around us mm-hmm. you know but I guess they figured that it just looked bad, you know, to uh, have have this, you know, almost you know all white group, you know. Right. So 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 we went went, went to this uh, black Baptist church, you know, and to try to re- recruit for you know uh, more black members. Sure. And um, you know, so so we did did this uh, slideshow, and, uh, and and then after <laughs> after the after the slideshow, you know, which uh, you know showed all all, all of our you know very activities and stuff and of course there were all all these you know pictures of all all of these white people and and then there was me you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so after the slideshow uh this uh a uh, black girl, you know, I think I think she was uh, you know, a high schooler or something, but but she had had a question and you know, she asked um why why are there 
no other black people in the group. Mm-hmm. And I remember the staff woman, you know, she, she was just having such a, a rough time. You know, she was, uh, you know, just backpedaling and trying to explain, you know, and, and you know, going, going on about how, you know, we're, we've, we've been, you know, praying that, you know, God will bring more black people, oh my and, God. And, you know, and, and you know, and just, just going sure. on and on. And, and I, I am so glad though, that she d- didn't turn to me and say, uh, Gloria, you tell her, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really, really glad she didn't do that because if, if she had, I would have said, Oh, you're doing fine. You know, keep going. <laughs> right. And then every other person of color would have been like, that's why. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. It's funny. You don't even have to say it. Like, by not saying yeah. it, it's evident enough. It's, it's the, totally evident. Totally evident. Yeah. yeah. Now, there, there, were, there was something else that would happen that would, would be really embarrassing. Well, for, first of all, let, let me j- just back up a bit. Sure. Um, they d- didn't believe in interracial relationships. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. don't even know where to begin on that one. Like, uh, yeah, no, me neither. Wow, oh, this gosh. was in this yeah. was in Seattle. It, it uh, Portland. Oh, this was in Portland. So I mean, still right. in, horrifically in, wrong, in, in but like cult. more in line with yeah. my. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so um, now I I remember I was I was one of the. Um, uh, you know, let's see. Me and this uh, a guy named named Bruce. You know, he he and I would uh, lead the singing in, mm-hmm. in in our you know meetings. You know, I we play the play the guitar and you know and uh, you know and lead the people in song. Sure. And uh, and anyway, you know, he he and I uh, kind of had a crush on each other, and <laughs> it it was it was pretty obvious. Uh, you know that 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 we had this crush on each other and anyway the people in the group just were not happy about that i mean they wow yeah i was gonna say how adorable that sounded the two of you leading everyone in song it's (laughs) honestly like singing and community just go hand in hand and it's something i've oh absolutely something i like the most about religious gatherings is typically mm-hmm. that song is usually a part and that this idea of building yes. community together is like, it's just really in line with my values as an atheist. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah. I will. I will have, have, have to say that that's you know, pr- probably the thing that I miss the most mm. about going to church is the music, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, so you had this, really, you had this cute crush. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. Oh, oh, oh no! Yeah, so so we, we had had this uh, you know, cute crush on each other, and yeah. uh, you know, but I, I mean, it's like no, nobody else thought it was cute. You know, I mean, they definitely did not approve of that. But here, here's here's the the thing that was really embarrassing that that, that I was going to mention is that um, we we were let's see. We would we would have these uh, noon meetings on on campus, uh, you know, called uh, uh, sing and share, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And there there was one day that a, a black man came to our meeting, and it, it was just so embarrassing 
how how the uh, staff people acted. You know, it, it, it was like as soon as he walked in the room, they they were they were you know they started looking for me. They were going, uh, Gloria, <laughs> you know, it was like they they wanted to introduce me to him right away. Of course, <laughs> because I would finally have somebody I could date. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was, it was like, you know, the, the fact that, that we were black and oh. Christian, that was all that we had in common. Oh, you know? my goodness. But, but, but I, guess, I guess they figured that was enough. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That it, is, that is yeah, so yeah, bleak, yeah. and I'm so sorry. That was oh, your experience. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and I, I, you know, I felt really, really sorry for the man, too, because um, – I mean, I'm sure he came to the the sing and share, but you know, because he was he was looking for you know some uh, Christian fellowship, you know, with other believers. Mm-hmm. But in, instead, what he found was a dating service, you know. Jeez. And and so, um, awkward you know, for both for, of you. Yeah, it was totally awkward. And so, you know, of course, he never came back. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's typically what. Yeah, no, I agree. And those those sorts yeah. of like microaggressive ways that people express their internalized racist beliefs, they're like uh-huh. they seem subtle and to some, you know, white folks perhaps they're even invisible. Um, but like POCs pick up on that shit and then you end up with oh, a yeah. room full of white folks going, I don't know why they don't come. Why aren't there more uh-huh. POCs here? Where are all the POCs? We want them to come uh-huh. and it's like yeah. you do, but and they, they would be walking yeah. into, you know, an aggressive you know death trap of racism emotional uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> an emotionally exactly. unsafe space oh yeah and and, and then you know the people are so clueless about mm-hmm. that yeah it's for the yeah. same reason they don't understand uh, black lives matter you know uh, yeah yeah really oh gosh <laughs> yeah i mean the fact that that they look at it as controversial or extremist right. You right. know, it's like you, you just don't get it, do you? They Jeez. really don't. Like they yeah. don't see it. That's that's the privilege, yeah. right? Like at the end of the day, obviously. And I don't need to explain this to you. I'm just sort of pointing it out for <laughs> listeners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, I mean, I don't I don't see racism. I don't <laughs> see this happening. You know? <laughs> well, well, of course they don't see it because they have the privilege you know, right. not to see it. Right. Yeah. And they have the privilege of not needing to deal with it. If at the end of the day they decide to disconnect from the conversation and say, oh, I don't like the tone of that, you know, angry POC or that angry black woman or that angry, you oh, know, whatever. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. They uh-huh. they have they have the ability to just go back to a regular life where they're not going to be murdered by a police officer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or have their father or their brother thrown in prison for no reason. Right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean they 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 have no idea what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They figure well. You, you know, if they would just follow the law, you know, then, then this wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, wow. Wow. Just so divorced I, I, from the experience of, of other people in the U.S. I don't even, I don't even know. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can, I can only yeah. really relate as a non-black, non-indigenous person who sees the incarceration rates of indigenous folks and, oh, you know, reads, reads indigenous activists talking about, you know, the same crime. 
um, except, you know, this teenager gets all of these interventions and all of this help, and that teenager, oh, that one's indigenous, they go straight to jail. Right, right. And, like, no questions asked. The, the numbers yeah. are totally absurd here. There's so many programs, especially with youth, it's extremely noticeable in the youth incarceration populations. Mm. Um, it's it's so bad. <laughs> Gloria, I can't even begin to tell you. Like, it, And it's oh, especially no. true among femmes, because when someone presents as femme, um, you know, mm-hmm. assigned, assigned female at birth or identifies as a woman, yeah. etc., sure. they're just perceived as less less dangerous. So oh, right, right. It kind of, yeah. Right. So you'd think it would help offset POC-ness, but it doesn't really. It might a little bit compared to masculine POCs, but compared mm-hmm. to it compared to fem like non-racialized people, like white femmes, it's absurd. Like and again with children, oh, they're gosh. they're typically seen as not super dangerous. So what that means is white femme like teenagers are almost never incarcerated so what ends up happening is right. the, the bias is more pronounced when you have you know non-white femme teenagers because they still have all of the privilege there except for race so you start looking at indigenous right. femmes, like you like teenage uh-huh. indigenous femmes, like young femmes. the incarceration uh-huh. rates in some in some provinces are as high as 98% indigenous to 2% non-indigenous. And this is, this is in a province where the population is 15% indigenous. Oh no. Pretty sure it's Saskatchewan. (sighs) It might be Manitoba, but you can certainly Google it because that is a, that is how egregious the problem is here. And it's like, Oh my goodness. And I think I use that stat because most white folks, if they're not looking at someone's skin, don't, Mm -hmm. in my my opinion, don't other them as quickly. And when you're talking about femme teenagers, most people have the association that they're probably not that dangerous, which may or may not be true. But either Uh way, it gets my point across really clearly that there is enormous amounts of racism and that that does lead to um, interrupting people's lives, incarcerating them unnecessarily. Um, oh, not, yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's so wild how bad racism is here. And to hear white Canadians be like, you know, mm. we live in such a diverse country. It's so amazing. I'm like, well, the diversity is amazing. And we still treat people like trash. Uh, right. Oh, my gosh. I I, I mean, I had, had no idea it, it was to that extent. I mean, I... Right. You know, I knew I knew that that the the racism you know wasn't as bad. I mean, that's the know, most pronounced statistic still, you can find. It's in it's in oh arguably oh my gosh, it's arguably in one of the more racist provinces on the prairies, and that's saying something. Mm. And it's specifically oh it's going to be that statistic that just makes it so cut and dry because the only difference between them is whether they're indigenous or not. So how was it, intimates? Did you love something you heard, or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon, where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, 
you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.